Hi, my name is Sean. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek, and this is Avatar The Last Podcasters. Sometimes I forget to say the name of the podcast. It's like a sense of entitlement. I know that we are so popular among our fans that they don't even need an introduction. That's a lie. We probably need one. So, Avatar The Last Podcasters, thank you for joining us today, where we're going to be talking about Book 3, Fire, Episode 13. That's like Episode 53 overall, so home stretch. It's called the Firebending Masters, but maybe, maybe more importantly, we have a very important debate planned for this episode that honestly might be, it might be more exciting. I'm just, you know what? It's hard for me to say that because I actually really love this episode. And I also have not let Chris say a single word so far since I've started recording. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. Weeks, weeks going fine. I've been, uh, this is my last like week of, uh, of quarantine of being, off the job, you know, I've been, my family's been pretty, uh, pretty blessed up to this point with everything with, that's going on in the world. We haven't been affected that much, but I've been able to take off the last three weeks with pay. And so that's uh, pretty cool. But this is the last week because I'm quitting my current job <laughs> and I told them I'm quitting. And they're like, well, we need you to come in next week. <laughs> so even though I was planned to be off next week initially mm. because of everything. You gotta like transfer yeah, I mean, things yeah. or clean things yeah, up. Yeah, or... I okay. Yeah, I got stuff. I don't know, HR talks and stuff. Um, so then I start another job. Um, I start another job the week after that. So that pays me more money. So it's even you know even more blessed. So so that's cool. Um, beyond that, you know, just been uh been staying inside. Been uh, teaching my daughter how to play dominoes. Yeah, and, saw that. Uh, on, start... uh, saw on Facebook. <laughs> She's getting a little uh, getting a little cocky. Yeah, yeah, getting a little, a little cocky there. I gotta. She only beat me one time, and I actually tried winning. But other than that, kind of just, I kind of manipulate the game to where I'm like, when we're playing dominoes, you can kind of figure out what's in your opponent's hand after a while. And so I'll play a domino. I'm like, oh, she should be able to score if I, once I play this, um, which is kind of fun in a way. It's kind of like like a, create teachable moments, kind <laughs> of. Yeah. So now I'm moving on teaching her how to play Yu-Gi-Oh, which made me, I went through my old Yu-Gi-Oh cards, which does make me wish I kept playing or, or at least want to get back into playing a little bit. I wish um, that but, anyone, I wish I lived in Topeka just so we could keep playing Yu-Gi-Oh, but Chris, you got to play by the old rules. I don't know anything about Link Monsters. I don't have any Link I'm, Monsters, but it shook everything up. Like it shook the, uh, the way that Synchros and XYZs and everything come out is, is totally different now. So we'd, we would have to revert to a previous version i i still have you know i'm still running my stall deck my neutrogen deck and uh and also my uh ua uh not not does not stand for um ultra academy (laughs) (laughs) my hero academia i actually heard ua first and i was like (gasps) tie in no just kidding Uh, i mean i'm not kidding that's actually what i heard first because it's been long it's been a long time since we played or princess ua yeah, that's what, that's what, well, yeah, maybe we're hearing it backwards this whole time. I do, I really miss playing, I hope we can play again someday, uh, as I imagine that our decks have probably not changed since the last time we played, which is probably a good thing, right? Like, it's not like one of us out there hustling and the other one's staying static. Uh, but I will also, in a very basic way, I haven't gotten into Magic by any means, but I've learned to play Magic, and I think you will appreciate some of the, like, structural differences from Yu-Gi-Oh. Not saying I would try to convert you or anything, because I still kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh better nostalgically. You know, not yeah. kind of, quite a bit. So I wouldn't like try to convert you. But I think it's worth learning to play just to see how it operates. Um, it's uh, it's very solid, and they're both better than Pokemon. That's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. I've, <laughs> I tried to play Pokemon one time. Pokemon's and I was weird. Like, nah, I'm I done. cannot handle that. It's weird. <laughs> uh, but also, so in my uh, also this week. I was able to go out to Walgreens, and I was able to buy this uh, Altar Last Airbender action figure from Diamond, which may be going out of business soon. Uh, if you don't know Diamond, <laughs> Diamond, um, they are so you know there's like two big publishers for comic books, right? And there is weirdly only one distributor distributor of comic books, and that is Diamond. And, uh, and yeah, so they're struggling right now because with everything, comic books are are stalled now and uh not sure if they'll be able to come out of it i don't know why there'll be a monopoly on distributing comic books that's weird but there is and yeah anyway they also make toys 
and action figures, which I love their action figures because their action figures are like really, and their statues are really good because they're like really cheap, but they're still really detailed and they're made of plastic. But anyway, here's a Aang action figure of him in the Avatar state. He looks pretty like, pissed. Lovely. Yeah. I dig that. Uh, there we go. Nice. It yeah, looks I think I'm actually like... take this one out the box. Yeah, he's blue, and his uh, arrow and eyes are glowing, and his tattoos and everything. So I like it. I think I'll hang it up and maybe put him in like this cool like avatar position, or something. Probably put him right in between where I have. If you look in here, where I have a uh, a whole. I'll probably put him in the middle between Aang and Korra there. Sit in front of the big middle book thing. Yeah. I'm not so sure. Uh, I only have a couple of toys from that, like the box and everything looks very similar, but minor Harry Potter, of course. <laughs> yeah, but that's essentially my, my week. Chris, I had a really long week, so I'm going to try not to ramble, but I had, like, it was a crazy week. First of all, you'll notice that my setup in my room is different. It's because there's six shelves over here, and I, like, rearranged yeah. every, every one of them to accommodate, essentially to accommodate work from home, because I might be working at home for a while. So the work from home is, like, right over there. But then I also needed just a big desk. I haven't had just a big... So this is just a really big table, desk, workshop, and all that stuff. So I rearranged my entire room, my whole setup. Um, I kind of had to do some weird computer stuff and then back it up. And I was trying a new video editing software. And then I screwed up a bunch of directories. And so I had to use my backup. So good thing I backed it up. And then, and then also... <laughs> We uh, just today, my wife bought Animal Crossing, and I have never played an Animal Crossing game. And I still, uh, I, I finally admitted, I was like, you know, I'd like to, uh, because everybody's <laughs> crazy and everybody loves it, and I think I would love it, so I want to. Uh, so we bought that today, and I still have not gotten my turn to play Animal Crossing because my wife is has played more Animal Crossing than she has played most <laughs> video games ever. She's out there playing it right now, and she can hear me through the wall. Hey Heather, you still playing? Maybe she can't hear me through the wall, but <laughs> or maybe she's really into. It. Uh, but I will say like, that f you, Sean, <laughs> maybe, not yeah, literally in their pockets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, now that she's getting all addicted to Animal Crossing and stuff, I don't know. Uh, no, I'm really jealous because she's in there playing, and I'll, I keep like watching, and it does look really fun. I'm like, I want to turn, I'll play some Animal Crossing, but uh, you know, my my time will come. And then also, last but not least, last week after I passed my I passed my test thing uh last week and then ordered a whole bunch of stuff that i've been waiting to order because the retakes are really expensive um so it's been like a build-up of things like no you can't get this until you pass that test and you don't have to pay for a retake so i had this whole backlog of stuff and then it just i ordered it all at once and it all came at once it was like christmas it was amazing so i had a big week uh probably not interesting to most people but interesting to me and that's my week now I'm here with you, and I think unless you have any other tidbits that you want to talk about first, I'm ready to uh, ready to get into this debate. Uh, no, I'm ready. Uh, so I don't have a real assigned structure, uh, but I figured that because you tend to be the more educated, not tend to, because you are the more uh, literally educated in Avatar world of the two of us, that I want you to go first with your person, mm -hmm. and then I'll go next with my person. <clears throat> And then you give you give the the big closing, the big closing uh, consensus that is reached. I will put that on your shoulders. All right, you ready to do mm. this? This week's great debate. Yes, I am. It's foaming mouth guy versus cabbage guy, aka formerly known as cabbage merchant, according to the Avatar wiki, which I did have to consult. <laughs> First of all, let me say that you're biased because you only showed a picture of the cabbage guy. I uh, wow. I'm a keyboard tyrant. I'm a computer tyrant. <laughs> I run the keyboard. I'm a tyrant. Um, no, actually, this I just really liked this picture, and it, it is part of my argument, so that is absolute bias, but I, I needed this picture. <laughs> okay. Um, so the, this debate is, I don't know if it's whether who's the better character is or which character is more underappreciated. No rules. Just got to trash the other character. No rules. Just <laughs> perfect. Good. Without a doubt. Foamy mouth guy is way better. Maybe not. Okay, that's a stretch. Is better <laughs> than the cabbage guy. And he, and he does not get the credit he deserves. So Foamy mouth guy is amazing for a few reasons. One thing, physical comedy. Physical comedy is... It's a, it's a, it's a jewel. It's, 
it's one of the best things. I mean, just think about all the most physical comedians out there, you know, like Will Ferrell, Jack Black, things like that, people like that. That stuff is hilarious. They don't have to say a single word, but they can be absolutely funny. Foamy Mouth Guy is like that. We first meet him in the Warriors of Kyoshi episode where <laughs> Aang where they capture Aang and them and, they, and he says like I'm the avatar and he proves it by airbending and they all go crazy everyone on Kyoshi Island and Aang does the you know the whole marble trick and the Fleming Mouth guy loses it he loses his sh- and I don't like to curse so anyway um, really you made a joke about me too <laughs> now you don't like to curse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I draw the line. Yeah. And the thing is, his, the animation there is beautiful, right? He's he's because that's all animation doing that communication, right? Communicating to the audience. He, he looks at one guy, looks at another guy. He's like, "Can you believe this?" That's what you're getting. He just he's just fawning at the avatar. He's just so he's so overwhelmed by the awesomeness that is Aang and seeing him that he starts foam comes out of his mouth and after all of that like he it's almost like he just blew his wad and just had to faint <laughs> afterwards like it was just that chris i label these <laughs> okay, I, I label these episodes as non-explicit man we're gonna have to go back and relabel the whole show retarget the audience <laughs> um and also funny mouth guy is a true true testament to the greatness that is out of the last airbender which I'm not even lying on this because it is. If you watch my video on the most underrated characters, Funny Math Guy is on there. The reason why I say he is underrated and also a true testament to the greatness is Avatar Last Airbender, Brian and Mike, the creators of Avatar, wanted to do something different with Avatar. And Foamy Mouth Guy was that different thing. Or he's an example of that different thing. The thing they wanted to do different is that in their time in working in animation, like working on King of Hill, or working on like Invader Zim. Uh, working on, I believe they were on Family Guy a couple times between the two of them. The way they were usually over animation and, and directing it, the way they worked with the teams overseas is that they just send the team overseas like direction. But then like they would go back to their bosses at those at those uh, properties and be like, hey, maybe we should talk to those animators overseas and see what they want to do, see how they can add a little bit more to these scenes, add more to the directions that we gave them. And they're like, no, we want it done like this. Like, those guys, they're not there to be creative. They're there just to do what we say. And they're like, you know, when we do our own thing, we're going to do it differently. And that's what they did with Avatar. And one of those examples is Foaming Mouth Guy. The direction sent over to overseas, overseas animators, was just, he sees the Avatar, he faints. That was it. He sees the Avatar, he faints. But it took a mess step further. Like, no, he's not just going to faint. He's going to go crazy. He's going to foam his mouth. And then he's going to faint. Great great stuff there just awesome stuff also i want to mention the second time we see flowing math guy because we only see him twice we see him in that episode and then we see him again in the ah what is the episode called i should know it uh, i completely um, forget. it's when they go back to uh it's when kiyoshi says she killed chin the conqueror why can't That's i think right. of the episode yeah. name um Oh my gosh! I just Avatar keep Day. thinking of Avatar Day. Okay, that's I just keep called. thinking of Sokka oh, in his detective outfit, and that's all I can think of. Yes. Yeah. So Sokka and Katara get on Appa, and they go to Kyoshi Island to prove Kyoshi's innocence. And when they get there, everyone thinks the Avatar's there. So Foaming Mouth Guy comes out. He's going crazy. He's foaming. He's foaming, and he faints again. And then they're like, "Wait, where's Aang?" And like, "Oh, he's not here." And Foaming Mouth Guy gets up, like he's like ashamed <laughs> and he like he wipes the jewel from his mouth and puts his hood on and just walks away i think oh, we can agree i know it can't exist without the first part but i think we can agree that of his two appearances that one is is really impactful and telling of his character i know it yeah, couldn't exist yeah. without the first appearance but yeah i like i, I like the second one second one better um but so those are all reasons without a doubt the Foamy Mouth Guy is the better character. He offers so much more to the Avatar universe than the Cabbage Guy. That's a big argument. That's a big argument. Well, let me tell you about <laughs> let me tell you about the Cabbage Guy. 
who look at this right over here that there, there's no gimmicks here that all these things that you just talked about foamy mouth guy even comparison to like jack black will ferrell you're talking about like one trick ponies they do they do one thing and they do it well and he brings it and that's great but this guy over here he is like the metaphor of the american dream all wrapped up in a single <laughs> character he is a metaphor of the injustices of wartime he just in, okay. in kind of a light-hearted approach in, in the way that he is treated and his various circumstances lead him awry. And he does it Jameson all... Jameson bystander. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he went green before it was cool. He was promoting veggies and healthy things before it was cool. He has, mm. way, he has way more appearances. He has way more impact on the story. He still brings that comedy. Not the same style of comedy, but it's a meaningful, it's a real comedy. It's not, a, I mean, it still kind of is a physical comedy, but it's like a, it's like a schadenfreude comedy where, you know, uh, what's that, uh, laughing at others misfortune, but only because you can relate to the pain that that person feels and you're glad that it's not you because you can empathize. So there's a deeper, more powerful kind of comedy this man, Foamy Mouth Guy could just have rabies. I mean, probably doesn't, but he could just have rabies. This man over here, what he brings to the show and into the story is, is, is true love and commitment for a disgusting vegetable that I admittedly despise. <laughs> I even thought about it the other day. I was like, I hate almost all cabbages, except for I don't mind like a little red cabbage in, in my salad, but he never sells red cabbages, so I would, I would definitely suggest that to him. He's probably not underappreciated. You know, he gets the statue. He gets multiple uh, multiple appearances. Um, does he? He even appears in the comic books, right? I don't have this firsthand. It's just you've told me before. Yes. So it's not yes, that he, he is underappreciated uh, in any regard, but he's just a far better character who has an engaging story that you want to know what uh, you want to know what Cabbage Guy is up to next. You want to know what his journey is like. I don't care what Foamy Mouth Guy. I know where he's at. He's just hanging at home. Watching out the window, hoping, and that's his whole life. Just looking wistfully up the road, waiting for another chance to foam with the mouth. That's his whole life. <laughs> Not my cabbage guy right over here. My cabbage guy, he's a real character with a real story that we really connect with as people, as Americans. And, I mean, I've never really like lived through actual wartime, but I have lived in an age of, of quarantine. <laughs> um uh, but he also does, he does suffer injustice in his character, even if that injustice is not being underappreciated. So I think that foaming, foaming mouth guy might be more underappreciated. I can give you that, but I don't think he's a better character. I think this guy right here is a better character. Now, there's a certain thing in comedy where the joke runs its course. And I think with Cabbage Guy, the joke... Ran his course probably the third time. And after that, it was just, all right, well, there's just the cabbage guy. Where Foamy Mouth Guy, he, 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 they, they knew exactly the right amount that they needed. No, right? they passed the just jokes. two times. Cabbage Guy is more than just jokes, Chris. Cabbage Guy's a real person. All right, you, you, you want to talk about his, his life? Okay. He, I do. he gave Let's up cabbage. He gave up, in the comics, he gave up cabbages. And then he, he saw a forklift and said, oh, a forklift. I want to get into that business. He gave up cabbages. What type of man gives up on his lifelong dreams? A man who's trying to feed his family, Chris. <laughs> Secondly, I really disregard. He tried to kill the Avatar in Omashu. He said, <laughs> I want one for each head of cabbage. <laughs> Cut off their heads. One for each head of cabbage loss. What type of man? Listen, that... Uh, Foamy Mouth Guy's never but, done anything but wrong. But in the comic books, look, look, hey, no, no, no. In the comic books, he makes good for with them. He's serving them food or something like the only hey, image I, I've ever seen. If if I made if I was selling, I don't know, chocolate chimichangas on the street because mm. I love chocolate chimichangas. It's probably the best kind of and, chimichanga. <laughs> and you knocked over two of them, I'd be like, listen. I'm gonna kill you and your wife. <laughs> you mess up one more time, I'm gonna kill your dog. Like, listen, two for two, that's that's even right there. That that man has issues. That man 
it's not stable. issues, but isn't that way more interesting? Like, don't you want to hear that guy's last story? Like, whoa, what made that guy escalate this so quickly? Like, what what drives this guy's weird inner evil over a pair of chocolate also, chimichangas? <laughs> also, Cabbage Guy. So he went into Forklift. He, he formed Cabbage Corp, right? He has his own statue, Legend Corp, whatever. But Cabbage Corp is known to having terrible terrible products right there was an episode of asami uh, the earth queen captured asami and Korra, and they had to break out of the ship and asami was able to just break the bars off <laughs> she said man this really is cabbage corp cheap material what type of man is leaving a legacy of cheap materials this guy is cutting corners he just wants to kill people for no reason this man is a terrible individual and They've shown nothing to support it, to support his his level and his history of tyranny. <laughs> and, like, yeah. We don't know his backstory, but you this guy's a terrible least, person. Terrible at least character. my evil character left his mother's basement and tried to start a life for himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fully Math Guy probably does live with his mom, but he probably really cares about her. She's probably old. Living on Kyoshi Island, she got no one else to watch after him. He's like Kyoshi Warriors are all fighting. I gotta say here, I gotta watch after mom, right? Dad probably left when he was younger, probably. <laughs> you know, he wants a little, <laughs> he wants some hope in his life. The only hope he has. <laughs> he see, he sees the Avatar. You know, he he goes wild. That's the Avatar. That's the hope, right? When hope. People Hope think Chris important. doesn't John. like fan Hope. fiction. Here, he just wrote a whole story in about five minutes. <laughs> Hope is is key. This whole series, you could say it's all about hope. You have two characters who addresses the notion of hope quite differently. Okay, but Cabbage we, Guy doesn't. We Cabbage learn way more give... from the Cabbage Guy. We we learn more from his mistakes than we learn from uh, Mom's basement dweller. That's for sure. We... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the one the one character in the show on me? Who who's the one character in the show that exemplifies it's really the meaning of hope. Like, you know, a messiah like character. It's are you trying <laughs> to tell me it's not Cabbage Guy? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it's it's the fuck no, it's Aang. I've Both of it, these two it. characters react to Aang two drastically different ways. Fully mouth guys like, holy crap, the messiah has come. We are saved. He is risen, right? And That's a good Easter Cabbage reference. Guy. It's a good, it's a solid it, Easter reference, I think. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't know this would be an Easter episode. It wasn't, but hey, happy early <laughs> Easter, or happy Easter if you listen to it on Easter, I suppose. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you know what? I'm not going to let you out the hook by saying that Cabbage Guy hates those kids. Cabbage Guy is allowed to have one bad day, just as a joker. And then, oh, well, he's sorry, had, bad example. He's had several. Then, yeah. <laughs> but then I maintain that if you're going to reference the comics, you got to pull up the fact that eventually he serves those kids food and they get along he fine. Does. He is over okay. his murderous one for one. That's kind of biblical too, eye for an eye. Very, All right. Okay. So if, if we're gonna say he went on this, if we're gonna say he went on this this one eighty character arc, right? Of 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 trying to kill these kids for damaging heads of lettuce he wants to kill them one for each head of lettuce meaning he wants to kill more than them anyway that's not important he wants to kill other innocent bystanders weren't even around uh, chris how many jobs to... how many jobs did foamy mouth guy bring to republic city huh what's he doing for the economy you know what we don't we don't know good valid point Whatever. he's probably living yeah. off welfare he's probably faking an injury he's like i got this disease where i just foam at the mouth all the time and i can't work and he's probably just living off for public city government checks i mean he's probably still in kyoshi island but he, he probably never left the island <laughs> and that i'm telling you he's he's living he's, off the he's government. like he's like moana but without the bravery his um, that is a terrible character you just described <laughs> He, you know, I'll be his, mom, I was his to mom's probably before. dead. He's just faking that she's alive so he can keep living off her social security check. That's right. Two can play fan fiction. <laughs> oh, I forgot what point. Oh, I don't think yes. we're on a point anymore. Fummy Mouth guy believes in hope, believes in Aang, 
so much so that he falls to his feet. He would be a disciple of Aang look, if he was brave face. enough to leave. You can't Gaia. tell me this guy doesn't have hope in his heart. Look oh, at, look at his oh, face. I, I, okay, I remember my point now. Okay, so good characters like like Zuko, like Korra, right? Like they, Korra, sure. There's other good characters. Good, good, good character developments, right? They they start at one point and they gradually move to another point. They do a 180. Um. But so if we're gonna say the cabbage guy goes from being this murderous guy <laughs> to loving the kids, where was that in between there? Uh, there has to be an in between there, Sean. There's no in between there. That's One the day part he's that like, makes us oh, curious. Okay. That's what makes us want to follow cabbage guy instead of foamy mouth guy. That's the part we want to dig up and figure out. It's what makes him more interesting as a character. And what, let's flip it on its head. Let's say originally he started as a good guy, just a harmless cabbage merchant trying to do his thing, huh? And his 180 was the other way around. He's interesting in a backwards way. He's the anti-Zuko. Because <laughs> from being a wholesome cabbage merchant to a murderous conglomerate. <laughs> That's interesting. Oh, I'd gosh. read it. I'd watch it. Joaquin Phoenix could play him in the live-action movie. It'll be great. Oh, gosh. He, he, he could. <laughs> Wait, but you don't like the Joker, though. You said that movie was too. Yeah, I, you said that movie was smarter than it thought it was. Yeah, I did. I didn't really care for it, and I probably won't ever watch again. It's one of those that I would not say is a bad movie. I see why it is a good movie, and I see why people enjoy it and think highly of it. Uh, but I will probably never watch it again. If, if, I've seen it feel like it's trying real it hard to be Cabbage Guy, not trying real hard to be edgy. Okay, he's just doing his thing, and hap- it gets caught up in circumstances that turn him evil kind of like the joker damn it never mind forget the last one <laughs> forget right, that um so to wrap up my point here <laughs> the foamy mouth guy is an unsung hero he is <laughs> he's done so many heroic things like leave the house twice he is a testament to the greatness of this show he's a testament to the hope that Aang brings to the world today. Think about Foamy Mouth Guy and his impact, not just on the Avatar universe, but on really all animation. Really, that you know, those things changed everything. And he is the everyman's man who's just looking for hope in the world. The Foamy Mouth Guy is more than just foam in his mouth, more than just fainting by the side. He is a full embodiment of, of us. He's us. <laughs> you just described a guy who appears <laughs> twice in three seasons and countless comic books. <laughs> you just described him as the overarching representation of all of us in media. <laughs> I appreciate your, I appreciate your, your, uh, your candor. Your candor. To be honest. I may stretch some of my points there, but some of them were very valid. Those first points were more of my most valid points, and then I started going off. In sure. Well, that's fair. I think, yeah, if we if we hit it down to, to valid points, uh, I think the best point you made is probably knowing when to quit. Uh, I'll give I'll give Foamy Mouth Guy <laughs> that. Um, but I, I, I see progression in uh, in Cabbage Guy as well. Like, it is, it, it, it recurs, but it does grow, and at the end it drives him over the edge, and in the TV show that's kind of all we get. But like he's, he still has progression, so I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna hand it over on actual points. Uh, yeah. So anyone, anyone watching or listening to this, let us know who you think is the better character, Falling no Mouth Guy or no, no guy. logical I'm, outline. You just gotta tell us who's better, yeah. definitively. Or tell us who you think did a better job uh, <clears throat> saying their point. It doesn't matter. I, I, why? No, it does so. matter. Loser has to. Well, I don't know. I'll think of it later. Okay. That was great, though. <laughs> that, was a, a, that was spirited, and I enjoyed it. But with that, I'll, I should point out that the only bad part is that there is basically no relationship between this debate and the episode that we're going to talk about. But I've got, <laughs> I've got some connections, some loose connections forming in my mind based on the Easter comments earlier. I think we can take some Easter... Easter uh, vibes or some feelings of easter and apply it to this episode here so we'll pretend that there's a connection in there and that episode is the firebending masters 
It is a, it is a, uh, well, I won't ruin it, but there's dragons. I've been waiting so long for this one because there's dragons finally. Chris, would you care to walk us through <clears throat> the firebending uh, masters? Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Zuko is with Team Avatar, which I really enjoy this early Zuko with Team Avatar because it's so awkward. <laughs> Just enjoy it a lot. Zuko is trying to teach Aang firebending, but he can't <laughs> at all. And I really love their, his interaction with Aang here because Zuko's trying to firebend and and uh, he does one. He's like, that was nothing. And Aang is like, huh, felt hot. You know what it's supposed to look like? Oh, sorry, Sifu Hotman. <laughs> Stop calling me that. <laughs> What's the uh, joke that Zuko makes like right at the very beginning too? I can't. No, that's uh, oh, I'm sorry. It? No, that's the boiling rock, isn't it? That's a different one. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. We'll get to it next episode. Yeah. Uh, so Azuko tells him he's like, <clears throat> he tells Team Avatar, "Hey, he can't bend anymore," and <laughs> it, Katara is like mean in this episode. I thought I like some people. I feel like kind of hate on Katara in these in these early episodes where Zuko joined the team because she is very. Uh, antagonistic towards Zuko, but I completely understand them all. Like, Katara was the first one to trust Zuko, and he betrayed her. Boxing Se went down because of him and his actions. <laughs> but here, her her reaction to him saying, like, I lost I lost my stuff, and then she's just like, maybe you weren't that good to begin with. <laughs> it's just... And then, yeah, and then Toph chimes in, like, ouch. Katara. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... So, uh, Toph pretty much comes up with the idea that they should go find out, uh, go train with, uh, where they, uh, where they originally learned firebending, and that was from the dragons, and this does not contradict things in lore and Legend of Korra. Like, a lot of people think that, oh, in Avatar Last Airbender, you know, the lore says that, that um, people learn bending from the sky bison, from the dragons, from the moon, and from badger moles. Well, and Legend Korra says, well, people got bending from the lion turtles. Both are one and the same, right? So the lion turtles gave bending to humans, and humans learned how to actually utilize bending and be kind of one with the element from those people, from those like the uh, animals, the or from the spirits. The yeah, the way I like to think about it is that. Yeah, the way I like to think about it is that, like, say your mother buys you a paint set, so, like, the line turtle gives you bending, but then you have an art teacher who teaches you how to paint. You watch right? like, Bob just Ross, because you... who is the moon, and you learn to water paint. <laughs> exactly. Our ancestors watched Bob Ross as he and brushed and pulled the sh- <laughs> <laughs> They learned how to paint brush. <laughs> I think it's a, very, it's a very good analogy. It's like, a, it's like a hardware versus a software kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I do um, want to point out, so, though, that they, uh, Zuko doesn't, I don't know that Zuko knows necessarily, or at least he's not letting on about the dragons yet. He just mentions the sun, yes. the sun warriors, like he knows they were, like, or thinks or claims they were the original firebenders, was the sun warriors. Yeah, yeah. he thinks all the dragons are dead, but he figures, like, well, if we go there, you know, there's ancient <clears throat> ruins and stuff like that, maybe we can learn something from from just being there. You know, maybe there's, like, statues or paintings or, uh, you know, just hieroglyphics of things you can maybe learn the origin of firebending and get his firebending mm-hmm. back. Uh, so, Zuko and Aang go on a nice field trip. Do they go on Aqua? Yeah, they do go on Aqua. Mm-hmm. Of course they go on Aqua, yeah. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, for good interaction. Like, Zuko's really crummy in the morning. And, and so upbeat and chipper. It's so fun to see the difference between these two characters. Um, it was really interesting to see Aang in this episode because Aang, he just seems different. I think it's just the dynamic between him and Zuko that he comes off like way more cheery and happy than he usually does, but it's not as annoying as it usually is because it just meshes really well with Zuko's. Um, it's just his. his, his is a just aggressive, a angry nature. Yeah. But even here, it's not like he's straight up angry. He just, you know, is like, 
I just I curmudgeon or, or just kind of a grumpy. Yeah. Like he's like he's mad at anything in particular. Just generally being a, a, a moody teenager. Yep. Yeah. Um, so they go there and they go to this uh, place, which looks like um, Aztec, um, ancient Aztec things. That like it clearly took um, inspiration from Aztecs and uh mayan civilizations um which you can you know easily see that which i find really interesting it adds another layer to the avatar universe they're like uh, sometimes people forget that the avatar universe is more than just like um asian asian characters like they're inspired or they're, first of all they're inspired by native american or inuit or eskimoan um cultures and then it branched into um, Eastern Asian, and then I think even you know, more, all of um, all of like Asia got in influenced in there. And you, you also have some Middle Eastern influence in there. Um, and and after you and now you add in South American influence in there. And so, adding in all these things, I think just makes the world of Avatar feel larger than it really is. And Cabbage Guy and Foamy Mouth Guys, those those are the Americans. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe cabbage guy is one. <laughs> the American dream, like more said, like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, yeah, so they get there, and there's like a bunch of traps and stuff, and they do dances, and uh, and just from that point on, it's just really good, entertaining, Aang and and Zuko, um, dialogue going interactions going back and forth until Very funny they do trying the dragon to dance to do the dance with him originally yeah i wish he yeah. would just come out and say it though he's something like you know zuko uh dance with me like don't say that say zuko i think if we do this dance something might happen <laughs> and then he'll probably just be like okay you know like <laughs> no i love the zuko dance with me <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny to me cryptic oh, communication yeah, I, uh, Ugh. Come on, hey, you could do better than that. Uh, but so they do the dragon dance, which I'm familiar with that dance from Dragon Ball Z, which and Dragon Ball Z is called the fusion dance. And if these two characters do the dance and they touch arms at the end there, then they fuse into one character. So I don't know where this must be some very popular form or something, because I've seen it. I feel and, dumb. I hadn't made that connection at all. I mean, I don't watch a ton of Dragon Ball Z, so I guess I don't feel too bad. But that's awesome. I hadn't made that connection. It's yeah. amazing. That might be slightly different. It, it's slightly different, but like there's like a shared, like, a shared inspiration, surely. Yeah, there must be. Um, yeah. So then they are able to uh, enter the, this egg. Golden egg comes up, and Ang of course is he's not of course, but he's weary of it because he's like, I don't trust shiny things on pedestals. <laughs> it's for some reason it's just. Kid. Yeah, it just like harkens back to uh, to uh, like uh, what what are those movies? I can't think of those movies. Yes, Indiana Jones. So, and then they uh, then they get trapped, and I do enjoy when they get trapped because um, <laughs> because like Aang says, Sokka says like not Sokka, sorry, Zuko says like, well now where we do. Or no, maybe Aang says, now what are we going to do? And he says, like, I don't know, think about a place in the universe. One of them says that. I forget which one it is. But great, great stuff. It, I do like the the interactions. You know what, Zuko, in this episode and the next couple, uh, great interactions of Zuko and other individual characters that, uh, I don't know if it reveals more about his character, but you definitely just start to feel better and better about him being along for the ride over the next few. It's good Zuko stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, and there was that one moment where uh, Zuko was able to get into the temple, even though it needed to be a winter solstice or a summer solstice. And then he just tricks the dial, and Ang says, "Zuko, I don't care what says about you. You're smart." <laughs> and Zuko's reaction at first is like, "Thanks, Ang." And then it's like, "Wait a minute, what Hold did up. people say about?" Me? <laughs> but. So, yeah, a lot of great stuff there. 
And then they run into the Sun Warriors. Sun Warriors save them. And they're pretty much like, hey, you got to go meet the Masters, Ren and Shaw, and they'll deem you if you're worthy or not. He's like, the last word to see the Masters was Iroh. Um, which, uh, which that's really, that's always interesting. Getting Iroh, you know, we've, we've said before in the past episode that he's, he's, his presence has been felt in these episodes, even though he's not around. He's not in any single uh, frame or anything like that. But he, his presence is definitely in, in this episode as well. And I love the the reveal point here about uh, that glimpse into Iroh's past about lying, about killing the dragon, the last dragon, to uh, essentially to preserve the last two dragons. Um, it's um, making his presence felt, learning more about him. And yeah, he hasn't spoken a word in, I don't know, a couple episodes now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And so, um, so they have to go take this fire... <clears throat> up to did they say this was the first fire yeah they, they take this little bit of fire. fire they have to go this little bit of fire from first fire that the dragons give them which that's some great lore dropping right there to me that just sounds like um who was it they gave the fire and gave men fire in whatever mythology that was i forgot what it is i suppose it's greek but uh, you know greek or norse yeah. really too i know anything about it, so i, I, I suppose one of those uh, I, and I don't even think it's the first fire from the dragon. He just calls it the first fire. Like, this is the first time we ever cooked anything was right in this oven <laughs> right yeah. here. Let's see it. Isn't there some science done that once men started cooking things, like it changed, like cooked meat changed us? Like I imagine so. I, it, it, it just it changed things on a, not molecular level, but on a some type of brain body level the spiked brain functions or something because the yeah. meat wasn't rotten and, and raw and <laughs> yeah <laughs> people I, didn't die as much that's what happened is people lived past 20 and then they got smarter and then <laughs> no I, I don't i don't know anything about anthropology but i would imagine <laughs> that the first person to cook like a steak on a fire was like oh you guys gotta yeah. see this <laughs> run into all this but the first the first barbecue was had <laughs> yeah um so it's, it's really interesting they say that Aang and Zuko must present their fire to the masters Ren and Shaw and the masters would deem them worthy or not and and Zuko and they were like well Zuko you they might not deem you worthy because you your you and your forefathers have pretty much vanquished all the dragons you're responsible for it and I love how Aang is like I don't usually do this, but I'm the avatar. <laughs> like, he this does card. it all the time. <laughs> also, keep in mind, I don't think that we know at this point, I don't think we know that Ren and Shaw are dragons yet. I think no. they just keep referencing them. Like, we're going to take you to the Masters. Like, this could just be these really old bastards or something. No but, idea. Yeah, yeah and, and they say that, well, Aang, you disappeared, so you are partly responsible <clears throat> for the way the world is. So that's really cool. Like, two people who really... Um, either their inactions or heritage or anything like they have a responsibility or they hold some type of um they hold, they hold some like type it, of responsibility like for it powerful uh responsibility for it or accountable for it i guess indirect yeah. but but very uh important or key yeah. <clears throat> i do like when ang gets his fire it's like oh it's like a little heartbeat like he's like that's what drag that's what fire is like fire is is life um, it's just really interesting how, and this is the whole concept of the episode is just how one really good thing can be just um, mutated and and perverted into something else. Right, like the Fire Nation has been using fire the wrong way. They've gone away from the real um, the real purpose of it, the real meaning of it so far. Cause they only use it for anger and aggression and to and for passion. Um, but really, fire is is life. Like it, it keeps things warm. It you know cooks things. It's it's just as much as life as any as is any other element. Uh, I I really like so after this they're trekking up this mountain, uh, not sure what they're gonna find, and then I also like kind of building on that that even after that like very inspiring speech, and you feel like Aang and Zuko should be able to do it, but then Aang's little bitty dinky fire 
Zuko warns him that it's about to go out. And but the like he even after the the big speech, Aang still needs the inspiration and the confidence from Zuko to be like, "Hey, like you're the Avatar, you can give it a little more oomph, and you're gonna be fine." Um, yeah. Which I don't know. I feel like it's, it seems age appropriate for Aang. Like, hey, he is the Avatar, but he's also still a kid, and he's also still scared of what he's holding on to there. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then they take their fire up to Ren and Shaw, and although Aang's fire goes out because he's scared to hear things from the cave, and then he tries to get Zuko's. It was such a funny interaction. Like, Zuko's like, Stop cheating off of me. Like, it's, you know, it's like a test. You're in grade school. And, because they will be, because... I forget what the word is, but they'll be destroyed on the spot if they're not worthy or whatever, which the, yes. the sun. Yeah. The uh, Sun Warriors kindly remind them. Yeah. Um, also, as I present their their fire to the dragons, I just want to mention um, that the music here is really, really good. It's just like like it's, it's almost the first time that they use the, the or they incorporate the, the beat from the end of the shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but here, I, mean, I think they add maybe add a couple more drums and stuff like that. But it's really good. It is. I love it. And I love this part because there's there are two things that I love a lot in life. Uh, traps. That's actually a big one for me. And dragons. And we finally get to see the dragons. And then Zuko, it, it kind of hits home when you see these dragons about Zuko earlier talking about all the dragons being killed off for for sport by firebenders. And I can't wrap my mind around it. I'm like, what what the hell is wrong with you people? You see these things? Why would you kill them? Recruit them. Yeah. They, that'd be like... <laughs> That'd be like waterbenders <laughs> killing fish, like killing whales for for sport. Or so. I can't even think yeah. of a comparable thing because there's no dragons in the ocean. <laughs> why? Why would you kill the one thing that can give you an advantage over everyone else, and and you have a monopoly over apparently? And you're on the same team already. Just be nice to them, for God's sake. Yeah. <sighs> Or at least breathe. No, I mean, don't do any. Don't kill them. Right, just let them. But, let them be. Maybe keep them as neutral. Why? Who would? Why would you kill it? I don't understand. It's outrage. But it's probably a time to admit that dragons are probably my favorite animal, and I know that they are not real. But I believe in my in my childish heart that they are real. I don't actually believe I mean, they're real. I just want them to be really hard. I wish like <laughs> foamy mouth guy wishes and hopes. Exactly. <clears throat> uh, I remember when I was little, I found out about Komodo dragons. I was like, oh, Komodo dragons. I mean, they're just called dragons. But still love them. I did a report on them in, like, third grade. Just Almost because the they have dragons in their name. Almost the exact same thing. And then, you know, my teacher <laughs> and I'm doing doing the research. Pretty proud of my research. But really understanding that they're just a big, smelly lizard with, like, <laughs> all sorts of nasty bacteria in their mouth. So if they bite you, you die. But not in a cool way. Just because their mouths are real gross. And then I was like, that's actually the most disappointing of the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so so they, the dragons come out, which one thing I, I love, the landscape here. Like, it's like the two pillars and and the way the camera, like, pans out of it. It's really beautiful. And, and I think that helps later on when the dragons come out and you see just how massive they are. Uh, yeah, so the dragons come out. They just, you know, whirl around. They scare Aang and, and Zuko. And eventually Aang is like, I think we got to dance. <laughs> which, is, which is like, hey, you got nothing else better to do. You might as well try it. Zuko, at least he presents some logic this time. He's like, what else are we supposed to do? And all right, that's fair. <laughs> like, like, I feel like in order to be deemed by the dragons, you have to, one, learn the dance. And then two, be worthy. It's like if you're worthy and you didn't learn to dance, oh good, no bueno. You didn't. That would really piss me off because I hate dancing. So I would not. Sorry, I hate. <laughs> that sounds very strong. I don't personally like to dance. I like it when other people dance. Be happy. That's great. Uh, but it would really make me mad. They would be like, "You're worthy. All you gotta do is the dance." I'd be like, "No." They're like, "Oh, did you forget it? Because you can go study it again if you want." Uh, no, I know it. I, no, <laughs> I'd rather just yeah, not yeah, firebend. <laughs> <laughs> just kill me now <laughs> can we make this quick please I don't 
Uh, yeah, so they, they face them, they confront them, and they shoot up glorious rainbow of fire, at, which is beautifully, beautifully done. It's amazing. Um, and then, like, I do love Zuko's reaction most, because Zuko is like, I finally understand. Like, to me, I just love that, because Zuko, whole lot, his whole important part of his life has just been about anger and aggression and like he was fire bending completely the wrong way now he's kind of awakened uh, into a new fire bending are you playing smash bros in the background no what do you see my controller on yeah. there or something yeah no i was i'm playing the episode in the background oh i got you i got you yeah it's just a, i'm really glad nice you brought cheat. that up because i keep thinking that it would be funny to uh like have the episodes in the back of our podcast but to not get flagged by Instead of streaming it, just literally recording like this at the camera over here so it can see my TV here and just like letting it record all of me and the video all together. But that's probably really stupid. But I've always, oh, I've always kind of thought about it. Um, yeah, uh, so they get surrounded by the glorious flame and then all of the sun warriors, there's a couple of them that like clearly lost the bet on whether or not they can make it out or not. But the one, I don't know. Lieutenant, second in command, looking guy. Looks he like looks he like the second in command for yeah. some reason. I don't know why I get that. It's maybe uh, just his, it's just his sense of entitlement, but um, he's, he's the only one that talked. <laughs> that's also true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then so then they learn the dragon dance, and oh, and they do reveal Kazuko's like I thought Iroh killed the last dragon. He's like your uncle did face the dragon he was deemed worthy and he protected their secrets and that made Zuko feel even more pride in Uncle Iroh because beforehand um, Aang was saying that like oh pretty much everybody in your family's evil type of deal <laughs> because he learned that they killed the dragons and then Zuko's like well no not everybody and oh wait maybe this is next episode no this is anyway yeah okay <laughs> um, and he's like Wait a minute. And actually, like, actually, the dialogue that you're taking, the dialogue you're taking is from the next episode where he says, "I was gonna say my uncle." That actually is from the next episode. Yeah. But what uh, you're okay. referring to here, Aang, Aang mentioned something about I thought your uncle was a good guy, and Zuko said yes. he has a complicated yes. past because they still at that yes. point thought he killed the dragon. Sorry, I jumped the gun yes. earlier when I brought that up. I didn't mean to do that. No, no, you correct. Okay, good. Um, so it it goes back and. And it re-solidifies Zuko's um, pride in, in Uncle Iroh. Um, and then after that, they pretty much... Uh, I don't know if we see a whole lot of Trek back. They're pretty much back at camp, back in the Western Air yeah. Temple, showing off the yeah, new... Oh, and yeah, and they and Aang quickly shows that he can firebend now, and he loves it. Like His firebending looks different. Like There's... It's not the whole array of colors from the dragons, but you can see that there's different colors, slightly different variations of, of colors in there. The animation um, makes you feel like Aang's sense of control over it versus just sort of wildly pushing it out. Yeah. I kind of... Would I, would I like if Aang and Zuko were able to bend uh, more rainbow colors? Although Zuko does bend rainbow colors at one point in the comics. It's actually a pretty cool look at it because... It's um, firebenders are like trying to uprise against Zuko because they don't like him and stuff, and they all firebend at him. And he says this pretty cool line of like, "You will feel the wrath of your fire lord." And they all firebend at him, but he like swoops it all up and he like turns it and frame and firebends into like this column above himself. It's like a rainbow-ish type of deal. Um, so I guess he was able to kind of do it every now and then. That'd be kind of a really cool power up. Like Avatar doesn't have that many power ups. Like you think about anime, like each character gets like a certain special move or certain power up that they do. Um, that would, in my head, that would be, oh, came with a special move for Zuko, perhaps. Mm, not sure for our, for our Smash Bros. I'm, I'm, um, yeah. Oh, solid. I keep forgetting <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, one day we'll do it. I keep watch. I've been watching Full Metal Alchemist, so I just keep thinking of all the individual characters. Not really power ups so much as like their their alchemy styles, their alchemy yeah. specialties. Okay, so side note. So you're not the reason why I asked before. So you're watching Full Metal Alchemist, but you're not watching Brotherhood. 
Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, right? right because I'm spo- okay. I'm gonna do what it what I'm supposed to do and start with the original one. Well, it's not technically the original one, right? So Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, they're like the same kind of story, but there's some variations to them. The first one was the first uh, manga adaption, and it doesn't follow the manga all the way through. It's not um, completely accurate. And then they redid it, and they made Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and it follows the manga like 99, maybe 100%. But the so, lady, but the lady who wrote the, who, who or who created it all, though, still like had all like had sign off and creative say. So I know it diverges, but it was still her involvement yeah, and her I, work I, to a good extent. So I was like, I'm I still hear, gonna watch the original first, absolutely. They're they're both good, but I feel like people mostly uh, put Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood on a much much higher pedestal. Um, I watched Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It is really good. I haven't watched the other one yet because I was just like, no, I'm not gonna, not gonna do it because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I already watched the other one. No, I, I haven't watched obviously Brotherhood yet, and I'm only like, gosh, I'm only like halfway through the first season of Full Metal Alchemist. But um, in like some other guys' podcasts that I listened to, which is kind of what put me onto the idea, is I liked how they described it. Uh, but they did note like similar things and they actually suggested they're like start with brotherhood and then if you like it you go watch the original i was like no that's not how oh, okay. I'm gonna do. no i'm not gonna do that okay i'm gonna watch the original uh, um but it's from what they said it sounded like she still had sort of full creative input they were just ready to put out the show and kind of like uh, they compared it like game of thrones like the show was ready ahead of the ahead of the manga but she was still able to say all yeah. right well let's wrap it up this way oh, okay so okay you we know, know more still, than i did hopefully it still feels like her work i don't know any of that i just heard it on a podcast like two weeks ago and it was a really well done podcast and i, I dug it yeah. i have no uh, idea where we're yeah. at in the episode <laughs> we might be done no, I don't we're, know. <laughs> we're just talking about the different colors and oh, yeah, 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 i found right. i did find a passage from uh, uh you won't be able to see that never mind yeah, you can't see that. Yeah, kind of. There you go. Right there. Right there. Oh, right, right there. Okay. Nice. So that's yeah, he's got some other colors bending. going on in there. Yeah, I got some colors in there. Got some green in there. That's pretty different. Green, um, little, little pinks and roses. Yeah, green, kinda. purples. Yeah. No blues, though. No blues. You don't need... That's lightning yeah. fire. That's different. <laughs> yeah, that's different. Cold blood fire. Um, although, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's pretty much the episode. Uh, with that, let's get to let's get to some ratings. Starting with yours. All right. So, audiovisual gave it eight and a half out of ten. Um, I really think the music was really good, and the, really the moment that stands out for me is the um, going up to that big hill with the two pillars and, and how the camera pans and how the dragons are whirling all around it. That is really good. The story gets an eight yes eight um i think there's a lot of good stuff here with uh with zuko and and a little bit more um backstory for iroh so that one gets eight on to memorable it also gets an eight um there's just some really good stuff here i love i love zuko with early team avatar type of stuff so 8.2 out of 10 uh another for like three weeks in a row really really close on these I gave this one a nine on audiovisual for all the things he said, plus a biased love for dragons and, and traps, and also the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, story eight and a half uh, tells tells a good story, but the story itself kind of overpowered by just sort of the the other action, exciting elements and things going on, but still a great story. And then memorable eight and a half. Um, I probably couldn't tell like if you'd asked me before I'd rewatched it. I probably couldn't have told you a lot about it. I'd just be like, no, at the end they go up, they meet some dragons, and the dragons give them fire, and that's what happens. So, <laughs> memorable in a specific way. Eight, 8.7, that gives us an 8.4, which I think is a very good reflection of a very good episode. That's the firebending masters. There they are, Rand and Shaw. Look at them. Who, who would even try to kill? Who would get the idea to be like, yeah. I'm going to kill one? Which I do love the designs of these dragons. I mean, I, I love dragons that, um, like these are somewhat like Game of Thrones dragons, but they're different. 
right? Because one thing, they have hair, right? And dragons are more like lizard-type animals, and usually, well, lizard-type animals don't have hair. But to me, they seem more this mythical having These hair. These strike me as like Legend no... of Zelda dragons almost. Not from the hair, but that's just what they make me think of. Yeah. Yeah, so really enjoy the designs of these dragons. I can't wait to see them in live action. Hopefully they, they get to it. I'm not a huge fan of the Game of Thrones uh, Game of Thrones dragons. Um, what? They're great. They're, they're fine. They're fine. Chris, I, I, I look at a lot of dragon stuff, okay? I, I've seen a few. I mean, no, they're, they're fun. probably they're, the as best far as live action, CGI dragons. As far as live action goes, they're probably... It's hard to argue with that. My favorite dragon... Oh, Smog is pretty good from... He is, but I don't. I've never really liked uh, all of like his scenes with the the long dialogue scene with him and Bilbo. I always like that kind of ruins him for me. Like you're a dragon, stop, stop, stop being so me. human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's not. You're so boring. Just mm-hmm. kill him. Would you? <laughs> yeah. uh, my favorite dragon in in all of media, like in terms of looks and the way he acts and behaves and everything, is the horn tail from Harry Potter. He is exactly, in my mind, what a dragon is supposed to be like. He is vicious and wild and overpowering and crazy, and he just looks right. And he's got just nasty claws, and he is, he is my favorite. Absolutely. Is that in the book? What's that? The horn tail? Is that only in the books? No, it's I don't remember in the movie. It's a, the, the challenge oh. where Harry has to, like, Accio oh, and Fireball, okay. Okay, never and mind. then the that's dragon, like, chase him all over. Movie. To me, that's like, that dragon has no reason to hate Harry, but he's just going to chase him all over. Like, he could kill any of those other kids. He's like, no, I'm going to kill that that one right there. I don't know why. I just I, That's one of my favorite scenes in the, in the entire movie series. One of my favorite scenes in movies. My, my favorite dragon, favorite dragon is probably the American dragon, Jake Long. I'm kidding. It's, <laughs> I only say that because... <laughs> <laughs> Only said that because Dante Bosco voices him as well. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Mae Whitman, Mae Whitman, the voice of Katara, voices—I forgot her name—but the assassin girl on that show. No kidding. And like they, yeah, they get together on that show. So like all Zutara fans, not all, sorry, but Zutara fans are like, see, this was supposed to happen. They were together on American Dragon, Jake Long, but not on Avatar. And that's not a good rationale whatsoever. That's that's horrible rationale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they're just joking. Game of Thrones dragons. I don't know fine. what my favorite. Uh, I don't know what my favorite the, dragon is. I'm trying. These dragons are really good. Breath of the Wild dragons are really good. My first impression of, of dragons came from the movie Dragon Warrior, of course, or the movie. The, sorry, the video game. And in there, there's kind of two types of dragons. There's like a big, just a big lumbering groundbound kind of kind of dragon. Right, and to me, that dragon was always like you're like the lazy, you're the worthless dragon. But then the big bad at the end of the game is like a tall, upright, scary, super scary dragon. So like my first inclination of what a dragon should look like usually based a little bit off of that one. That's really tangential. You don't need to know it. You just got to know that I like dragons a whole lot. My favorite dragon is uh, it's probably the last dragon, Bruce Leroy. Okay, no, there, okay. You Sorry. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, I'm done. Me too. No, um, that's all I got to say about this. It's a great episode. Go go watch it. Whether or not you like dragons uh, or traps, just go watch this episode because there are great uh, great action, great Zuko moments. Oh, Blue-Eyes White Dragon. That's a good dragon. But no, he's, I don't think he looks good. I've always thought he looks stupid. Like, why he? Why is he wearing a turtleneck? Like, he kind of... Why is he wearing he a turtleneck? He's kind of fat. Yeah, I think, I think Red Eyes like Black Dragon. The Red Eyes Black Dragon looks way look. scarier, man. Looks way more dangerous. Yeah. But I think I think just the term, like when Kaiba is like Blue Eyes White Dragon, like that when he says it, that's it's it's cool. I, I mean, it is. I give you that, but I don't like the name either. Like who describes the color of their eyes, and then his he's not a white dragon. He's a mostly blue dragon, silver, also blue oh, eyes. Man. He's got. I do like the three headed one. When he polymerizes yes, him into that, yeah. the three-headed one, yes. that one looks way better. Like it, that's what all that polymerization. Space... No one uses polymerization that's... really in a game. You know how long it takes to get to set up three dragons. It's and easier. Then... It's easier with with later rules. There's other ways to get to yeah, fusion yeah. creatures. Yeah. But uh, I always thought like, the three-headed one looked cool because that's what all that extra stupid neck space that he had was for. That was going to waste. This is waiting yes. for two more yeah. heads. Rodon from Godzilla movies is a really good dragon. That's yeah. three headed. I really like that. That 
maybe that'll be my favorite dragon. Like favorite CGI, especially. Uh, maybe yeah. Also, I don't. I'm not. I don't have a hard opinion on dragons. I'll just uh, take, say that dragon. That's <laughs> my favorite. I I do have too many hard opinions. I will say that like I just watched the first two How to Train Your Dragon movies a couple days ago with my wife because we re- I I really like those movies. Oh. I really like those movies, but like ninety percent of the dragons in there I don't care for. Like on one hand you're like oh it's cool they got a diversity and stuff. On the other hand it's like, <laughs> no there's a lot of these dragon designs make no like anatomical sense whatsoever yeah. and clearly somebody's just like listen we need more types of dragon just go do yeah. it and like these these were not carefully crafted but i still love those movies don't take it the wrong way okay, i do like i do like thunder you know what thunder from the dragon prince that might be my favorite dragon I oh, think about he, it. The, all the dragons in the dragon prince which you're gonna have that in the title of your name they they got a great looking yeah, set of dragons <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so that's good that's point. a case where like diversity in dragons is done really well. It is very right? thoughtful, with, with... very uh, very intelligently, or uh, what am I saying? Like uh, very appropriately crafted. Uh, yeah, those are yes. great dragons. Good call out. Good call out. I also forgot we, we were gonna make like an Easter segue, or at least I was. I was gonna say something about uh, having the flame reborn in your hands, and that was gonna be my Easter metaphor to tie everything together. But that's it. Happy Easter, everyone. We've been talking for like 10 minutes about nothing. <laughs> Happy Easter. I think it's been good dragon conversation. I so. Yeah, um, to me, it's not nothing. It's my favorite conversation. It's dragons. <laughs> but happy Easter uh, or, or whatever you celebrate. Happy weekend. Uh, hope you're all doing well and, and able to stay home. And if you're not able to stay home, thank you for all of the work that you have to do and what you're having to put yourself through. We're very grateful during these crazy times. In the meantime, my name is Sean Taylor. That's Chris Ford. This is Avatar, the last podcasters, and we will see you next week.